Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Quick Side Sound Off Podcast once again. I'm Josh Evanoff. He's the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got some UFC, a little bit of UFC, but then most of the podcasts, a bit of a filler week. We're going to have a lot of our NFL stuff, NBA stuff, some boxing. Before we get into all of that, I'm going to talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. Build a pretty stack of the former delicious energy and focus drink. You're designed to place an elegant energy drop any magician or pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. Be designed Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive game market. It continues to have fantastic carryover and success as students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. This code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Last Saturday night from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, it was the Brits versus the U.S. main event, Derek Brunson versus Darren Till and Angel. My man, obviously there was a lot of talk going in. I, we talked about it a little bit on the show. Very, A very close matchup, man. Obviously Brunson's been on a tear. Till's been struggling, but he was coming off a fighting with Robert Whitaker where he did look very, very good. In the end, Derek Brunson just wrestling the shit out of Darren Till for two and a half rounds. Till gets up at the start of round three, nearly knocks down, knocks out Brunson, excuse me. Brunson recovers, rebounds, and gets the submission finish. Dude, I mean, we've got to to talk about it now. Is Derek Brunson a legitimate title contender in 185? I mean, definitely after this win, I mean, you know, he definitely earned the fact that he can say, you know, you got to put some respect on my name. And trust me, he had respect on his name before this. There's no not doubt enough. That. You know, not enough. No, definitely not. Definitely not enough. But the thing is, though, I, I was n- that Kevin Holland win is one that sticks out to me because I felt like, especially with how bad Kevin Holland's wrestling is, and we've seen it, you know, now multiple times. Yeah. It's kind of like Kevin Holland should have been the kind of guy. What he did to Darren Till is what he should have done to Kevin Holland, but easier. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he got hurt in that Kevin Holland fight, and it ended up going to decision, and granted, you know, who knows that thing goes in reality. And even the Darren Till fight, he got hurt again. You know, he is a contender, but you, it's clear that, you know, he could be touched, and obviously people know what he's going to do. It's And obviously, he's, you know, if he's, you know, obviously he's very good at it, so he's, he's going to dictate it all the time and uh, use it to his max potential. But. He's going to run into the wrong guy for sure. And is that going to be Israel Asanya or is it not? Who knows? You know, I actually wanted to mention this to you now that we kind of have this show because there is no uh, UFC this week. Mm-hmm. But the idea of how Dana said that they're going to bring Tough back, do you think they would do a Izzy Robert Whitaker season? You know, I could see it happening, but I really don't think so for the sole purpose of like we know it's going to be postponed already. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think it makes sense. No, but he's being postponed because they can't, like, get into the U.S. That's why. Oh. Or is he? That's the reason why it's being postponed. There's no injuries or anything. It's just, like, there's travel issues with, like, um, getting out of the country on Izzy's side. Wow. That's why it's not going to happen. Right. Well, I thought it was because, you know, we had talked prior that that, uh, that that was sold on the fact that they really wanted to do it in Australia or in Auckland or whatever. 
But uh, I mean, no, well, we're on the topic right now. We'll get into it a little quick, and then we're rolling back. What do you think if there is a pair of guys to do the the tough season again? Who do you think it would be? Man, if we're talking tough, there's a lot of different possibilities. Um, I I still think that they kind of missed missed the mark by doing Ortega Volkanovski just because. Those are two entertaining guys, and I think we talked about it. We both like the season a lot. Like, it's not all-time or anything, but it's a pretty fun season. I think now they're going to have to do it. they got to run it with people that are, at the very least, like, somewhat entertaining. A little more having name power. Yeah, having more of, like, have more personality, have more of a rivalry. Um, man, that's, that's, a, that's a good-ass question. That's why I told you. I think Robert Izzy would have made a lot of sense, and they could have done. Robert Izzy would have made a lot of sense if they could get into the U.S., well, the thing is, they could have literally done Australia versus, you know, uh, it'd be up to Izzy, uh, New Zealand slash Nigeria or however he would want to do his mm-hmm. team. And that would have been like, that would have been a great fucking arc, you know? Mm-hmm. That would have been dope. Um, you know what I think would be cool? I think maybe Piotr Jan and TJ Dillashaw. I could see them going that. Interesting. But that'd be weird. That'd be a weird dynamic. I don't think so, because Peter Jan is really, really hateable to people. Uh, like, he talks a lot of shit. So I He think talks he was, a lot of shit, but he doesn't speak English. He, he speaks a little bit. A little He's bit. He's working but, on it. I mean, yeah, Josh, but that's about how much Russian I speak. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, fuck. I mean, like, um, <laughs> man, I actually have no idea. The problem is right now is that, like, they have a lot of, they have a lot of fights booked, but they don't have, maybe, maybe if Nick Diaz beats Robbie Lawler later this month and maybe oh, Nick versus Mazda Jorge. Yeah, I think right. that would make a lot of sense. Especially considering Jorge, like they nearly had him and Colby do the tough season. Oh, I think that would make a lot of sense. Or they maybe just can't, Colby they literally can't see each other. <laughs> I know. Or maybe, shit, if Colby loses against Jorge, maybe they do that again. But I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of possibilities. But they got to get somebody big in there. Because I feel like after this season, which like we're like the only people that watched it, like they're going to have... <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna have to put somebody big in there for them to make it worth it again because it seems like Contender Series has fully passed by tough, and it's for good reason. Contender Series is dope. Contender Series is dope, but I think tough still could have like a lot of potential because you you get to know the guy like you can uh, get attached to a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's fair. And I think tough does a better job of like if you're looking for like the kind of drama elements, I think that's tough true. does a really good job. If you're looking for like pure fighting, the Contender Series all the way. Oh, yeah, because they literally have, you know, three rounds to show off their skills, and that's their contract, you know? Yeah. Opposed to where they have the tournament format to the season, and then they got the big fight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely think – I don't know, man, but, but tough. They got they got to figure something out, man. Just because, like, I loved this season, this past one, but, like, we're the only people who – from what I saw online, we're the only ones that really, really liked it. And at the same time, it's like we're also the ones that only really watched it. Um. And just the ratings were never really released outside of episode one, because I believe episode one is the only one that aired on straight up ESPN. The other ones aired on ESPN Plus. And I want to say it did really terrible in the ratings. Um, and ratings aren't everything, because a lot of people watch stuff digitally nowadays. But based off of, like online, we're still in, like just Reddit, like seeing like the, you know, discussion threads and shit. Every by every single metric, even our YouTube, whenever we put up a clip of like us talking about it, it did nothing. So I think like they got to figure something out for next season. But we went a little bit off track with um the UFC talk for this week, just to kind of wrap things up on like that, that side of things uh, for this past event. Um, Darren Till, dude, I know it, we talked about Derek Brunson getting the win. Darren Till, obviously he, this is fourth loss in his last five fights. Um, now I think like 
it's it's worth noting who he lost to, how he lost, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's four out of his last five. Where does he go from here? Some people are saying he should move down to 170. Should he take a step back in competition? Should he change camps? Angel, if you're Darren Hill, what do you do moving forward? I mean, I think you do two things. You can take, I think you take a step back in, in competition, and then uh, with that, you also t- you do something to improve your game. You go somewhere else, get a different perspective. I mean, pull, I mean, obviously for this person, it didn't work out as well as I imagine they did. But pull Khalil around you. You know, go to fucking Tiger Muay Thai. Do some crazy shit like that. You know, put yourself out there, and 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 really work on your game. Uh, and he's he's a talented guy. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I I was listening to Schwab, and he was talking about him, Brendan. Uh, and he made he made it seem like this man like this was like end, like career ending. You know what I mean? Like this loss, like not career ending, but it was a like very career defining. Like, oh, I don't know, man. Like this 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 was a big one for him. He had to win, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I I I think it it wasn't necessarily that, but it was definitely a, you know, the, I think there until. If the perception of him that we have was true, he probably should have come, came out and won this fight. And uh, sadly, that didn't happen. I think, mm-hmm. like I said, he need, he needs to do those two things, and, and then he'll come back, and he'll come back great. I think he just maybe needs some time. I think that's mainly what it is. And it's and he's like I said, he's a talented individual. He went the distance with Robert, and Robert's about to fight for this title, and he's been fucking going through, you know, what is it, uh, Dante's Inferno, you know, to get to that title. <laughs> Yeah, and look, man, I think I think there's a lot of things you could say. I think Tills just had, like, a couple of really bad matches, man. I think he got—I've said this since, like, his he first came in. Like, when he first rose up, right? Um, he got thrown to Cowboy, and whenever Cowboy was on a monster streak. Now, he did knock him out, so that was a good one. He beat Wonder Boy. I thought he lost that fight, but still he got, he got the hometown decision. Then he got thrown to Woodley. He got thrown to Woodley with, like, four fights in the UFC, five fights in the UFC. Then he got thrown to Masvidal, and that's and that. By the way, that was prime T Wood. This is not Jake Paul time with Woodley, okay? Um, and then he thought got thrown to Masvidal, and Masvidal was in the middle of Masvidal mania, three piece in a soda. Like that was his fucking year, dude. Like that was mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah, exactly. Badass Jorge Masvidal. He beats Kelvin Gaston right after Kelvin had a war for the title. That was not Kelvin right now. Uh, he fought Robert Whitaker, and like I said, Whitaker's going through Dante's Inferno. He, he's former champion probably future champion at some point in his career dude's still a monster and he arguably won that fight you can look at made decisions a lot of people had to win that fight and then brunson dude he, he that was a bad match for him Brindley had torn his acl recently he still went in there and fought he nearly knocked him out in round three had he just made some adjustments literally just he got the whole reason why he lost is because he nearly knocked brunson out brunson shot for the takedown they got to do a scramble and just so happened at the end of the scramble Brunson got mount position. That probably does not happen very often. Just like that was very much a freak sequence. Do you know what I mean? Um, particularly just how they landed. So had that not happened, he probably wouldn't fight. So I think it's just it, there's a lot of different stuff to go into it. It's a very rough streak for Till though, but we'll see what happens moving forward. I, he's still really really young, so I'm oh, not yeah. really that worried about it. He's still 28 years old, so we'll see what happens. Co-main event though, if we're talking about young guys, man. Tom Aspinall. Very rarely at heavyweight. I mean, we've had some good guys come through, but they still even even our heavyweight prospects, quote unquote, are at like are in their thirties. You know what I mean? Tom Aspinall, twenty eight years old, and dude, he's just wrecking fools right now. Four wins in the UFC, all four via finish. This time, finishing Spear Gay Spivak, the twenty six year old fellow prospect, inside of two minutes and thirty seconds. Man, Tom Aspinall, what can you say, brother? Uh, he is 
he's looking phenomenal. What are your thoughts about him right now after that win and also just moving forward in that heavyweight division? I can tell you, I wasn't surprised to be pretty. I predicted that one very confidently, and I told you there, there, there's a certain level to, to Sergey, and if Tom Aspinall is what he's projected to be, he will beat Sergey, and he did it in, in great fashion. I mean, first round, man. I mean, I want to see. I think Tom Aspinall should fight again this year. I mean, what would that be? His third, fourth fight this year? I mean, he's on. Be active, man. Get your get on your next contract and, and make your money, dude. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that shit's awesome. Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe it would be his third fight this year. Yeah, make it a fourth, honestly. He, he's mm-hmm. not I doubt he's probably hurt and you know, right above him is Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins has a fight lined up. I don't know if Sakai is available, but obviously if he gets that, that'd be that'd be good. I mean, I think yeah, that'd be his next guy. I think there's any cause if like if you know, cause he wants to do like just I wanna fight the guy above me, you know, type of deal, the guy next to me or whatever. I think uh Sakai would be the right guy right above him, but Sakai might be scheduled. So I don't know. I know Tybura, Chris Dawkins, Jamil are all scheduled, and Yarzinho is scheduled with Curtis, uh, and Volkov. So yeah, the all the heavyweights are pretty much tied up. Yeah, so there's there's not a whole lot they can do. I do think Sakai makes a lot of sense. He's ranked number nine right now. Uh, he is not currently booked, so that one does make a lot of sense. There we go. So my knowledge is put to work right there. Let's get it. <laughs> Yeah, but overall, man, I thought this was a really, really fun card. Um, there's obviously a lot to talk about, but we'll just go and hit the next big one, and then we can go ahead and just – I'll let you run through some fights. But obviously the next biggest story, Paddy Palemblin, dude. Um, talk about it. He was – he's been hyped up for years. He declined UFC contracts 2016-2018, finally made the debut, and after a scare, nearly get knocked out by Luigi Vendramini in the first round, he rebounds to put Luigi to sleep a few minutes later, dude. Um, this was an electric performance. It's ranking just from what I'm seeing online. People, a lot of people putting in like their top UC debuts of all time. What do you think about Patty the Batty, dude? I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> it was a, it was, a, it was what I wanted, man. I, there was a moment there though where I was like, oh no way, man, no fucking way. But he brought it back in that first round, and fuck, man, it was, it was awesome. You know, that's what, that's what you want to see. You know, and you, you saw him deal with adversity and the lights and and uh he got it done and the fucking hype was there and then the music and and the walkout it was just everything man he, he does it right i mean uh, sadly it wasn't in the, in england how they were originally going to do it and that you know the, the love that the people would have given would have been insane and like you said man we got to bring it back eventually uh, obviously there you know there's still things going on with covid and uh it's never ending but i'm sure we'll see this kid again soon and they got to get him on soon again right there's just no way after that he has to come back soon they gotta, they gotta put him back soon, dude. One more um, time. They gotta keep year. that momentum rolling, cause he's clearly, he's the next guy, right? Like he is the. Now I think, um, it's gonna be tough for him, honestly, like moving forward. Just oh, like, yeah. I mean, if you're getting sl- almost slept by Luigi, and not not to down on it, but Luigi, we know where he is. He's like top 50 guy at best, top 45 at lightweight. Um, it's it's gonna be tough for him moving forward, but dude, if he can rack up the wins. He's the next big star, dude. They've got to be very careful with who they match him with moving forward because, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think he beats the top 15 guys, but, damn it, if he's even hovering around there, he's he's a future, like, main eventer. For sure. Um, but, yeah, man, he lived up to the hype. Obviously, I mean, you saw the entire arena going crazy for him. But as far as outside of that fight, uh, what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight on this? I mean, it was a pretty fun card, but relatively short card. I mean, Josh didn't want to talk about it, but Khalil Roundtree, he did it, man. He got the win, and uh, 
Well, what's not? I wouldn't. It's not controversial, but you know, it's been talked about a lot by a lot of fighters. You know, because of the mm-hmm. way the fight ended. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of opinions thrown out there, but hey, man, he did his thing. And he looked good, even even with you know, if, if that wasn't the way of the finish. He was doing a lot of other things that looked really great outside of that that would have led to finishes as well. Mm. And ultimately, dude, I mean, it, as much as there's talk about like him doing the doing the what would it be called oblique kick, yeah, um, that was still just an overall great performance by him in general. And I feel like that's really being overshadowed. I mean, we know Bukakis; he's not he's not a monster, and this is kind of a layup fight for Khalil, but he still went in there and battered him from pillar to post. Um, so full props to Khalil. I don't have a problem with the oblique kick. Just I, I okay. Look, it's 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 tough. It's I get the argument, but at the same time, if we're arguing that, then what's to stop people from arguing about like leg kicks in general? And there's also a sport where punching people in the face. Like this is not, you know what I mean? Like it, it's weird to get up in arms about that particular kick, whenever the whole point of this sport is to punch people in the face and to try and break their arm and so on and so forth. It's just strange to me. But, yeah, it definitely was a little bit controversial. I saw a lot of people, honestly, shitting on Khalil, um, which I thought was pretty unfair because a lot of fighters do oblique kicks. I didn't particularly get that at all. But, dude, Khalil did get the win. That's the most important part. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, obviously, Ox Morono picked, picked up a nice win. Molly McCann got a nice win. Jack Shore got a win. Julian Arosa, Charles Jordan, one of my favorite fights of the night. That was an absolute banger. Uh, dude, overall, it was a pretty fun card. Pretty, pretty fun card. Relatively short, uh, but short and sweet. Our next one, obviously, there's no UFC this week. They're not going to be back until September 18th. Anthony Smith, Ryan's fan. Weird one. Um, weird made events. If you look that one top to bottom, it's a pretty weak card. Um, weird but obviously, card. it could still be fun. Oh, yeah. I don't think – I don't doubt that. I'm, I'm, there's There's a couple names in there that are – or fun people and uh, some fun names and people who come out and, and put on good performances. So I think it'll be one of, I think that's potentially be one of those sleeper cards. For sure. There's a lot of people on there that are actually like, in terms of name value, there's not a whole lot. There's some fun guys. Um, my grudge, you guys is back. E- Eon Kute Lava, Devin Clark, the co-main should be a banger. By the way, uh, have you seen Kute Lava recently? He's not, he's not very good, but he's still fun fights. No, but have you seen him? Like, have you seen no, pictures? No, like physically? Yes. Is he jacked? Dude, he's he looks juicy. Are they are they not testing in Moldova? I don't know, but I'll send you a picture right now. I can get your live reaction. Yeah, let me let me just is he on that FPS Russia type shit, bro? Yeah, fuck he might be, bro. He's on so I want his fucking workout plan. Let me let me Oh my god. <laughs> don't get me wrong, he comes in like that very often, but it's for some reason it looks more than usual. Yeah, you know dude, he looks like a whole-ass heavyweight. Jesus Christ. What are they feeding I, him? <laughs> dude, I don't know. Is that guy now? <laughs> God damn, dude. Yeah, well, yeah, good deal. That should be a fun fight. He's always in fun fights. Jim Miller's back. Uh, Raquel Pennington. Joaquin Buckley. Uh, and then Armand Surkian. Christios Giagos. That's the, that's the banger of the card right there. That's it's the big that That's ball. not the co-main, to be honest with you. It's very strange to me. Um, Even, I mean, obviously, Armand Sergei, he's the hyped-up guy, but even then, Giagos has been on a tear recently. Four of his last five has only lost to Jakar close. So, it's very strange to me. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's that's all we got for UFC Talk this week. Hey, Thank man, you. but we come back with a banger, though. We come back we with do. all the heat. We come back with all the heat. Um, And ultimately... 
since that's all for UC Talk this week, we've been talking about this a little bit. It's kind of being a bit of a filler week, not necessarily filler. But we're going to talk about other stuff outside of MMA. We're going to obviously re- end the show with talk of the Triller Shit Show that's going to happen. Um, but Angel, NFL, NBA, we're going to start off with the NFL, my man. I, I I did this last year too. I went through and I predicted all of the um, like the final like the uh, excuse me division winners. You're I doing went it again. Picked it all those. I'm gonna do it again. And just in case you guys don't want to go back and listen to it, I don't know which episode that was. I actually listened to the clip itself uh, that was clipped on the YouTube channel. I went five for eight last year in terms of division winners. I picked the Chiefs' exact record at 14-2. and two. I picked both the Browns and the Steelers to make the playoffs. Um, I, I did kind of a hit and a miss. I said the Bucks are going to disappoint. They're going to go 9-7. and seven. They went 10-6, and six, only off by one game, but they won the fucking Super Bowl. So that's the big one I missed on. Um, I said Chiefs to Super Bowl 14-2. I, I got a bunch of shit correctly. I picked Buffalo winning the division over New England, which was a pretty big upset pick. A couple of other ones, but Angel, we're back. Season starts in – we're recording this early. We're recording it, like, Wednesday-ish. Um, and, obviously, first game is tomorrow. It's going to be the Bucks and the Cowboys. That one should be absolute bloodbath. But now it's time for division winners, my guy. There's no bigger place to start. We can just go ahead and start off in the AFC. The champs out of the AFC West. Chiefs are going to win it all. Let's we know this champ. is going to happen. Let's go, champ. Let's, Let's go, go, champ. You know, Let's you know go. what's gonna happen. Sure I saw Travis breaks. Kelsey on the Pat McAfee show talking about we had a bad taste on our mat and we're coming back for more. And I'm like, fuck yeah, bro, let's go. Um, God, I dude, love that man. I, I'm gonna go. Now, the thing that's fucking me up uh, is that they are gonna do a 17 game season. It's the first time they're doing it. Um, that's oh, obviously why the pre, that's why the preseason was three games rather than four. Um, why the I, I said 14 to two last year. Just looking at the Chiefs' schedule, I'm I'm gonna go 14 and three. I think they're gonna get one extra loss in there. I'm not sure who it'll be against. Um, the schedule is tougher this year as compared to last year. I mean, we're 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 running the gambit really, but I am gonna go 14 and three. I think the Chiefs are gonna win the division. If I had to guess, second place is gonna be either Raiders or Chargers. Broncos are gonna come in fourth just because they have no quarterback. Um, Raiders, no offense. Come on, just just call it out. Just say who it's gonna be. Come on. Don't no offense. No offense to Teddy B. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, um, Drew Locke, excuse me, but um, yeah, man, it's 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 gonna be tough for them. Um, you don't think Derek Carr can carry this team to victory? You know what? I here's the thing, right? The Raiders, as much as I see a lot of people trashing John Gruden, and I get it because this is season number. Fuck, it makes me feel so old. Cause I remember when Gruden got hired because he spent like ten years off. This is season number four, which feels really weird to me. But they've had an upward trajectory. I could see them winning 10 games this year. I could see them sneaking into the playoffs, but they're not a title contender. Not yet. That defense is just not good enough. Um, but they have been in an upward trend. I think they're going to finish either second or the charge as well. It's either one. Mm-hmm. Could be a coin flip. People like to talk about the charge. The charge is the hype team this year. Um, just because every saw what Justin Herbert did last year. But, like, dude, he put up a lot of empty stats, but that team just cannot close out games. Bro, um, we'll see did you see that? Uh, they 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 put like his statistics next to Mahomes, and yeah, like they look ridiculous, right? Yeah, they look ridiculous. But then then I saw another company that was like, okay, can you put the playoff ones? Can you put the playoff ones? Can you and actually? They're like, and they're like, it's weird. I can't I can't find his playoffs <laughs> for some reason. The problem is that like they're a good team, right? They're well, let me take this back. They're a they're a competent team. 
They are. Yeah, they don't do Austin Eckler. That's all I'm saying. Shout out Keenan Allen, dude. Like they have, they have a talented roster, but it's like they're just not there yet. And I'm not sure when they will be there because, like, Justin Herbert's stats look insane on paper, but you've also got to realize a lot of those games, like, came back and scored some touchdowns near the end. You know, they would get blown out a couple. Like, they're they're just not there yet, dude. Like, you got to look at who they're playing. Do they have time? Like, do you think they have plenty of time? Like, oh, they got plenty of time, dude. Like, okay. Yeah, like they're 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 at that point now where they're good enough to beat the bad teams, but they're not good. Like it's it's a weird place to be in. It's a good place to be in. That's where the Browns are, at least last year. They're good enough to beat the bad teams, but they're not good enough yet to compete with the good ones. Josh, you know the mean? only issue they have is that they're in the AFC. That's true. They are. I mean, they're in the conference <laughs> the Chiefs, and then I feel like a lot of people are like, "Oh, dude, like they beat them last year, and they, it was close the first time around." Like the Chiefs were caught off guard because they didn't they didn't know Justin Herbert was starting, and then they started, and that's why that game was so close. Um, and then the second game, we played the backups. So yeah, congratulations on beating our backups. Um, but yeah, dude, we'll see what happens in the AFC West. But we know it's going to be the Chiefs. I'm going 14 and three. I got exactly on the money last year. We'll see what happens this year. Let's move on down. AFC South, uh, this one's going to be interesting. You have the Colts with Carson Wentz, the Jags with Trevor Lawrence. Shout no out. Tebow, unfortunately. Heartbreak. Uh, <laughs> tough break, tough break. Uh, Urban Meyer, obviously, in Jacksonville as well. Houston, they're I mean, they're in a really shitty position, but they got a, they got some bets on there, which I think can make the team fun to watch. They're not going to be very good, though. Ultimately, this comes down to whether it be with the Titans or will it be the Colts. I'm going to go Titans for the sole fact that we don't know when Carson Wentz will be back, how healthy, how healthy he will be, or if he will even be good. Because um, Carson Wentz was like, I mean, he was terrible last year. He was legitimately the worst quarterback in the league. Bro, but he's um, back with his coach. You know, it'll be a different time, man. He is back with his coach, but it's like, it, it's tough, man. Because like, he still, he got hurt this offseason too. I don't even know if he'll oh, be playing fuck. week one. Really? That's yeah, awesome. I don't even know if he'll be playing week one. Never mind then. Yeah, so it's. It's definitely it's a tough thing for them. I'm gonna go with the Titans just for the fact like I don't believe in the Titans as like a, a Super Bowl winning team. Um, but Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, like they have so many offensive weapons to the point where it's like I see them winning enough games to win the division. I think it'll be close to them and the Colts. I can see the Colts stealing a playoff spot just because the Colts as a whole are good enough to make it into the playoffs. But I'm not sure if they're good enough to win the division, especially considering I'm sure Carson Wentz will, will miss time this year. Have you seen Derrick Henry's uh, high school stats, by the way, while we're on that? Um, I that have, picture that was viral. Oh, isn't it like he had, like, yeah, I saw his high school Fucking stats. ridiculous. He had something like 1,400 carries in high school. That's well, dude, childish, he, bro. He was a fucking Chico, dude. Imagine playing that guy. Imagine being Four, our fuck. Remember, remember our high school football team, Josh? Imagine being like, yeah, you're playing one that game guy. Three years. Yeah, imagine them being like, you're playing these guys this weekend. I, yeah, I just looked it up right now. He had 4,000 yards his senior year. What a year. beast, right? What a fucking beast. Four, you know, they were like, just he averaged nine yards a carry. 55 touchdown. Holy in high shit. school? This man was putting up NFL numbers in high school. Not, that's that's the best numbers I've probably ever seen. I know, no. High school Actually, sports not, are like... Not even, not, even, not even fucking NFL numbers. Fucking Madden, Madden numbers. Those are Madden rookie numbers, bro. If you're playing on <laughs> rookie. But like, dude, he had 1,400... He had... 1,400 carries in high school alone. That's child abuse, bro. Like, holy shit. Hey, man, someone allowed that to happen. That's a long time. God damn. Yeah, dude, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take the Titans, though. I think Titans all the way. I'm not sure what the record's going to be. Um, just the Jags and the Texans are complete ass, and I don't think the Colts are going to be healthy enough to get it done. Now, here's the big one. 
the AFC North. This one, I think you can make a legitimate argument for every team. It's not a good one for, like, the Bengals, but the fact that Joe Burrow is going to come back and be healthy and the fact that I did like a couple of the free agency moves that they, that they made and a couple of the you draft picks. You really think the Steelers are going to come out of that? Um, the defense is good enough. The defense it makes it possible. Now, obviously, Chad Juju. Juju is, is back. Obviously, he re-signed. Chase Claypool looked really, really good last year. Uh, Rosberger is washed to the high heavens, but who knows if it'll, if it'll matter because that defense is so fucking good. It, 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 could, it could happen. Um, obviously, the Browns. Browns are Browns, dude. Like, they they were inches away from beating us last year in the playoffs, and now all they did was they added Jadavion Clowney. Uh, they did a couple of really, really good draft picks as well. They got a couple other dudes through free agency. Dude, they... The they Browns are fucking... Dude, that, those fucking names, though, like, on paper, it just sounds... Baker Mayfield, Odell, Nick Chubb. Miles Garrett, Kareem Hunt, and that's not all of them. You know, that's just the name of a few. is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I forgot to mention that Odell is back. I forgot about that. I forgot that he was hurt the second half. Yeah, he last got hurt. Year. So now, yeah, Odell's going to be back. They're going to be healthy. Um, they got Jadavion Clowney, one of the top defensive ends of the league. Dude, they they it, it's it's definitely going to be fun. I think this is the year for the Browns, dude. I'm not sure if they can win the Super Bowl. I don't know if they can make it out of the AFC at all. I am going to take them to win to win the division though. Um, I could see time. the Ravens having a down year. I don't know why. I just got a feeling, um, especially based off of last year, where like the Ravens, obviously the first year that Lamar Jackson started like all the games. I'm talking. I'm just talking about the year where he came in halfway through. Obviously he was MVP. He looked phenomenal. Last year, man, I don't want to say they got figured out because I feel like that's kind of um, disingenuous. But like they. We're starting to see now where, like, they're starting to struggle against some of the better teams in the league. I mean, if you look at their losses last year, Chiefs, not even close. Um, Steelers, they lost two of them twice. They <laughs> lost to the Titans. They lost to the Patriots. Their wins last year, they beat the Browns in an amazing game. But outside of that, I believe the only team they beat with a winning record at all last year was the Browns. Colts as well, actually. I take that back. Um, so, I. I don't know, man. I just got a weird feeling. I think that the Browns are going to be good enough to take the division. I got Ravens second and Steelers third. However, I can, I, if you want to put those three in any order, I would not disagree. I think it's going to be very, very close. But I've been a believer in the Browns and Baker Mayfield since day one, bro. I mean, I've talked about it before. Baker's like my favorite college quarterback of all time. So if you know, if you want, I'm biased in that attribute. But I am going to go take the Browns to win the division. Angel, moving on, man. If I'm talking too much, feel free to cut me off or ask me a question. <laughs> no, you're chilling, bro. I love it. <laughs> uh, moving on to the AFC East. This one's going to be interesting. I actually called last year. I called this one correct as well. Um, I took the Bills to win the division, which was pretty controversial at the time because obviously Cam Newton was hyped up. Patriots won the division like for what? Something like 12 years in a row at that point? Something crazy. Um, and I picked the Bills for the upset pick. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take the Bills. Um, Jets are complete ass. The Patriots are going to be starting Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback. I think Patriots actually be pretty good this year just because like, dude, let's just people talk about it last year. You got to look at the talent level on that team. That talent was terrible. Um, they have nobody. And even this year, it's not great, but it's better. They have an actual tight end in Hunter Henry. They're getting a lot of the people back that they missed because they had the most uh, COVID opt outs in the league. Um, 
they had a lot of people that were that were gone last year. Um, so for that reason alone, I don't think it's like seven and nine last year for Bel- by Belichick was probably the best coaching job I've seen him do in like a long time, dude. Like it's so easy to forget, but they had so many people that were opted out or they were just gone. Like it's it's insane to me. Um, so yeah, now that they're going to be fully healthy, I think Patriots are going to compete, but I'm still going to take the Bills. Um, Dolphins will be in there as well. I like Tua a lot. I think he got a lot of unnecessary shit last year. They were one game away from making the playoffs. Um, I like that roster a lot as well. So I I think the Dolphins are going to be right there. I think Patriots are going to be right there. It's going to be a struggle, but I am going to take the Bills to win the division. And I guess we can just roll on to the next. Now we time time to go on to the NFC. I'm not going to do like who's going to go to the Super Bowl and so on and so forth. I because I don't know any of that shit outside of the fact that the Chiefs are going to win it all. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Outside area. of that part, <laughs> but I'm just doing division stuff, and I'll throw in some other tidbits near the end there. But um, we can just roll into the NFC East, man. This one, this one's uh, this one's this one's gonna be tough. All these teams, I you can make an argument for. Um, you can also make an argument against every single one of them. I feel like the leading pick from what I've seen is the Cowboys, because now with Dak healthy, um. You know, Mike McCarthy having another year under his belt. I watched Hard Knocks, and they seem to be a good unit as a whole. Um, it's it, Although, at the same time, though, it's like they weren't very good last year with Dak. So it's like um, it's going to be tough, dude. And the Giants, <laughs> you know, Daniel Jones having another year under his belt. Saquon Barkley's back. The Eagles will not have all the Carson Wentz drama. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts going to have one year under his belt. they got a new head coach. That should be fun. The football team, they won the division last year with a one-legged Alex Smith. So that defense is phenomenal. Yeah, you should have picked up Gardner Minshew. You, you know what? I'm surprised that they? Philly actually did. They decided to pick our boy Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic, dude. And here's the thing, right? Fitzmagic is not – all the memes about him, right? It's There's a reason why he's Fitzmagic, Fitztragic. If he goes out there and he just plays – conservative ball i think that the football team win the division he just he does not need to be excellent he just needs to be safe because that team has so many fucking weapons on the offensive side of the ball dude it's really underrated like because the quarterback situation was so bad last year it's really forgotten but like antonio gibson is a monster he's very very underrated uh terry mclaurin is a straight up beast curtis samuels coming into his element logan thomas is one of the best and most underrated tight ends in the league they've got a pretty good o-line as well um, and then the defense, I don't even touch on the defense. The defense is like top five in the league. I mean, you saw it down the stretch, dude. They were phenomenal. And, uh, obviously Tanner Heineke coming in, he's back the monster, um, who put on one of the greatest, like most heroic, uh, playoff performances we've seen in, in a long time last year against the Bucks. Um, I mean, I, I could see him starting by the end of the year. Um, it, I put a lot of thought and deliberation into this. I am going to take the Cowboys. Man. Just because it, it sucks too. It's last year I picked the Eagles, which that's is a bad. Should be picking. That's I thought about it, dude, because I love Jalen Hurts. And they I got Devontae Smith now. I think they're gonna need another year to develop, dude. That's a very young team. You gotta remember. I guess you're right. Okay. Yeah, and I like Nick Sirianni, but they're just such a young team. It's gonna be really, really hard for them. I am going to go ahead and take the Cowboys, just because like that offensive side of the ball, man. Um, they're dangerous. Is Ezekiel Elliott back? Huh? 
Is Ezekiel Elliott back? Didn't he get injured yes, last he, season? Yep, he's back. Is he 100%? He's 100%. Dak is back 100%. Amari Cooper is back. C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup. That that team's healthy, dude. And that team, when healthy, dude, like that, all it's it's impossible to stop them. Honestly, like that's the way I feel. Like that that obviously the defense is not great, but I do like that they went out and got Dan Quinn, uh, the former head coach for the Falcons, who led them to the Super Bowl and so on and so forth. Um, I think this defense is going to be revamped. I think they have enough talent to not be great by any means, but I think they're going to be good enough. If that makes any sense. That's what's up. At the very least, just to win the division. I don't think they're going to be anything extraordinary. I could see them winning the division with nine games, ten games. Like, I don't think they're going to be – they're not Super Bowl contenders. Everybody talks about them, like the Cowboys, every single year. is like, oh, my God, they're a contender. I don't think they're that amazing at all. I just think they're going to be good enough to get it done in that really bad division. It's going to be them or the football team. The Giants – I like them, but I don't believe in Joe Judge. Um, Daniel Jones seems to have regressed, but well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I could see any of those four teams winning it. NFC North, Packers. I don't think I need to spend a whole lot of time on this. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Bears have the talent. They made the playoffs last year under Mitchell Trubisky, of all people. Uh, but Andy Dalton's going to be starting. Nick Foles, who knows if he'll play. Justin Fields, obviously, they drafted. There's a lot of hype on him, but, I mean, he won't be starting. Uh, probably until halfway through the year. Um, and that, that defense is, is super dangerous. I mean, you know, Khalil Mack's one of the best players in the league. Robert Quinn's good. Alec Ogletree's good. They've got a lot of talent, dude, but I just I don't think it's going to be enough. So I am going to take the Packers once again. Aaron Rodgers back. I think this might be the year they do it, dude. They've, they've gotten so close the last two years to the Super Bowl. I think this may be the year. I think this may be the year. But I am going to take them in the division at the very least. NFC South... Uh, Damn, dude. Like, the Falcons lost Julio Jones. The Panthers have Sam Darnold. The Saints lost Drew Brees. And then we have the Super Bowl reigning champs. Jeez, I'm going to pick there. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucs, dude. I think this is going to be closer than what people think because I actually do like the Panthers roster a lot, especially now that Christian McCaffrey's healthy. I think the Saints are going to be interesting to watch. If Jameis can cut down on the fucking turnovers, <laughs> they'll be a contender because that, that team is so good overall. And Sean Payton is an amazing coach. It's possible for them to win the division, but I am still going to roll with the Bucs just because, look, man, that roster, it's, look, Brady has aged. People like to talk about him being like this ageless wonder. He has gotten worse over the years, but that talent is so fucking good around him that it makes up for it. Like, for all of his deficiencies he may have had gotten with age, they're still, they're good enough to go ahead and keep on moving, dude. Um they didn't lose a single person. Like, the, the Chiefs didn't lose anybody. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. The Chiefs lost, like, two O-linemen. That was it. Bucks lost literally nobody. I, so. mean, I mean, it makes sense, right? They're like, why, why the fuck would we, you know, change anything, right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, here's here's the thing, right? It's like, man, fuck they, they've, they've had to play around a lot with the cap. In order to, to keep everybody, and a lot of people were taking pay cuts. I know Antonio Brown. Like if Antonio Brown decided to leave, he could have gotten like a shitload of money, right? Like, but he's who's gonna guy, get Antonio Brown at this point in his, you know, career with the way he's acting? It doesn't matter, dude. Because like he, you think so? He he kept it in shit. Like he kept his shit in check. So like, uh, you, you don't think that's because he's playing with Brady though? It's possible, but like you know damn well if like the. 
if he was a free agent and he did not decide to take like a one year, you know, he got he his ring like, though. There's no question about it now. He solidified himself, right? But had he not decided to take like that small deal, you're telling me that like a team like the Jags would not have thrown like a hundred million dollars at him? They're like, dude, come on, we got this young kid. Exactly. Like I guarantee you, like every a team single time. would have given him more money. But he's choosing to come back. Same for like a guy like Gronk. Gronk's not getting paid shit, if I remember correctly. Like he's not making much money at all. Oh well, do you know those two guys make fuck you money regardless with the fucking you know money. Oh yeah, well, I mean they they have the money, but you know what I'm saying here. Like they, they I, but you know they're chasing legacy now, so they are. And I don't think Gronk would play with anybody else. But like he's getting paid one year ten mil, so. Hey man, I wish I could do something for one year and get paid ten mil. <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah, I am going to take them to win the division at the very least. Like I, I don't know if the Bucks will win it all again. People seem to seem to forget because if you win it all, I mean, what is it? What is the the phrase? Like the victors write like the like the the winners write the history books or something along those lines. Um, because they won the Super Bowl, a lot of their deficiencies were pretty much forgotten about how they were. You know, they were pretty bad the first half of the year. New Orleans curb stomped them twice in a row. <laughs> oh like, my god. I mean, no, I mean, I'm not being a dick. Like, it's just, it's factually oh, true. Like, fucking asshole. No, Drew Brees threw the game away. Um, He threw multiple interceptions in the fourth quarter. Had he not made a couple of mistakes? I mean, I mean it's not like the guy was 50. <laughs> um, and obviously, Alex Smith didn't even play. Like, they, the football team was starting their four-string quarterback, Taylor Heineke, in that game. Um, The Packers... Had they not had Packers made a couple of different plays, they would have won the game. And I understand you can argue this for every single point, but like, um, like it's it, it's going to be tougher for them to make it back than what people think is what I'm trying to say. Everybody seems to think Tampa Bay just got that shit locked up. I don't necessarily believe that. But I mean, moving on down, one more to go. This is the toughest team. This is like the toughest one to pick every single year. Um, the Cardinals who are st- 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 stacked, my guy. Let them know, bro. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, fucking A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald. Like, they have – like, they they are surrounded by monsters, right? Like, they're just they're, they're ridiculous. They got James Conner now. Like – J.J. Watt. J.J. fucking Watt. Demetrius yeah, Harris, who guy. came over from the Chiefs. Max Wynn. Like, they, they got so much talent, dude. Like, on paper, this is one of the most stacked teams in a long time. But, you know, that's uh, that's why they, they call it on paper, dude. Because I, I, I'm i not sure if they're ready. And that's the problem with them getting J.J. Watt. Because J.J. Watt wants to compete immediately. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like they're still one year away. Like, everybody talked about like, them, like, on paper. But, like, Kyler Murray is still insanely young. Like, that O-line still has a lot of work to do in terms of gelling. Uh, that running back room, I like James Conner a lot, but he's still relatively injury-prone. Chase Edmonds is very, very young. Like, it's going to be tougher for them than what people think to actually move on. Because everybody talks about them being, like, this 12-win, 13-win team. It's just, like, if you don't, like, if you actually watch the games, if you're, and you're not just looking at fantasy, because Kyler Murray is the GOAT fantasy quarterback. Um, if you actually watch the games, there's still a lot they need to work on. So I'm actually not going to take the Cardinals to win the division. They're the trendy pick. I'm not going to take them, though. Rams, everybody believes in them. Matthew Stafford. 49ers are going to be healthy with Jimmy G this year. Seahawks. Seahawks, man. That's who you're going to pick. 
Seahawks looking like they're – I mean, Russell Wilson was an MVP contender last year for a reason. I'm going to go Rams, man. I'm going to go oh, Rams. shit. Okay. I know. It's going to be – I'm going I'm going the upset pick. The Rams last year, they were actually very, very good. They finished second in the division, um, made the playoffs, beat the Seahawks, just blew them the fuck out. Um, this year, man, they got they – got, they got a couple of guys. They got a guy called, I don't know, fucking Matthew Stafford. Probably the most underrated quarterback for the last 10 years at the very least. You can go look at his Wikipedia page. Dude has like every single quarterback record like in, in recent times. He's still only a one-time pro bowler. Um, and he doesn't have many accolades because he played in Detroit. Um, but dude, his, no- his numbers are just insanity. He's, he's been playing with nobody. He's nobody a loyal much. man. He is, but he finally decided it's time to move on. This team's not going to win anything. He's going to a Rams team that has, you know, they just got Sony Michelle in free agency. They got Deshaun Jackson. They got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Like they, and that defense, I don't even need to touch on because that defense is full of monsters, dude. Aaron Donald, obviously, probably the best defensive player in the league, period. Um, Jalen Ramsey, and they also have like some of the best special teams in the league with Johnny Hecker, Matt Gay. Like they, they top to bottom, that team is excellent. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the Rams. Who's gonna follow them? I have no idea. I legit, you can you can argue any of those four teams. Like that's how good the NFC West is. Um, like even the 49ers last year like finished six and ten. Like the 49ers fixed, finished six and ten last year with like no quarterback. So I don't know, dude. Like it's it's truly up in the air. Like I could see any of those teams coming in in that order. I'm just gonna take the Rams to win the division though. Um, and that's just like my my kind of bold pick. I, I think you pick any of those four teams and be have an equal chance of winning. So Angel, now you go with all your season predictions. Oh man. Okay, Josh, let me break it down. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dumbass. Now it's my turn. Like <laughs> now for the real predictions. The real predictions. But Angel, I know you mentioned that you might have a couple of questions. What what are stuff you want to touch on? Because I know that you're getting into NFL, and we talked about it all last year. It seems like you're genuinely interested, but you don't follow it as closely. What are some of the questions, some of the stuff you want to touch on? Who 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 has the most expectations this year, Josh? Who What team has the most expectations out of – actually, out of both sides? Out of the AFC and the NFC? Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll do one of each. I think that'd be fair. You know, it's interesting. On the AFC side, I don't feel like there's any particular hyped-up team. Like, obviously, the Chiefs are hyped up, but that, that's for good reason. Like, they won the Super Bowl went back last year. Mm-hmm. In terms of hype, there's not any overly hyped-up team, I'll say. Like, at least from what I've seen. Um, there's a couple of different teams. If I had to say one, there's an expectation for one particular team to take the next step. I would say it's probably the Browns or the Titans. The Browns are a very trendy pick, and I did pick them partially because I'm very, very biased towards the Browns, just because I love Baker Mayfield. Um, I have a lot of good memories of watching that man in Oklahoma. Um, so I'm biased for that attribute. But they got very, very close last year, and they added Jadavion Clowney, who's one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, granted, he's been injury-prone, but still one of the best defensive players in the league. And they're adding back OBJ, and they're having another year in that system, and so on and so forth. The Browns are very hyped up. Titans are also very hyped up. I also took them to win the division. Um, really just because for all intents and purposes, they're the same team as last year. They didn't really get any big overly new pieces outside of Julio Jones. And Julio Jones is still one of the best receivers in the league if he is healthy. 
He's been kind of hurt the last two years. He's getting up there in age. I believe he's 33. But if Julio is even 75% of what he still is, Titan should be, at the very least, conference championship in that realm of one of the last four teams. Go on NFC side, dude. It's got to be the Cardinals or the Bucks. The Bucs, everybody just kind of assumes that they're going to sleepwalk through to the Super Bowl again. And I get it, you know, because obviously they smashed the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But like I said, you got to remember how those games went and who was not there. Um, the Chiefs were running a completely different O-line. Like, that's something I can't stress enough. If you're someone who only watched the Super Bowl, that's not the Super Bowl. That's not the Chiefs that played against the Browns, against the Bills, so on and so forth. From the start of the season to the ending, they had five different O-linemen. Like the only technically four, but the I believe our guy that I believe was Mike Remmers. He was on the original O line, but he was playing in a different position. He was originally like the backup, like the starting left tackle. They had to move to like right guard or something because they didn't have anybody. Um, so it was an entirely different unit. That's why the Buccaneers just completely smashed him with their D line. Like that was a terrible matchup. Um, but yeah, Bucks are hyped up because they didn't lose anybody. Cardinals are hyped up just because they went out and they got JJ Watt. They have a bunch of different pieces. They got, you know, fucking AJ Green. Um, and so for that reason, they're very, very hyped up. But they're in the toughest conference. And still, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, is actually a very good coach. He gets a lot of shit, but I think he's a very good coach. But he's still very, very young. And Kyle Murray is also very, still very, very young. So it's going to be tough for them to make the Super Bowl, especially coming out of the NFC, for that, for that reason alone. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then who has the least expectation? Who 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 has nothing to lose this season? Who needs to go out there and just mm-hmm. fucking go wild, man? From both both conferences again? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Unless you think there's only one. There's a particular one that sticks out. I'll you know what? I'll I'll highlight two teams. I'll highlight from one from each. One of these is more clearly clear than the other. But dude, the Houston Texans. <laughs> God damn! Like, it's just, I'm sorry. God damn, they have – let's just run it down, dude. I mean, they they lost DeAndre Hopkins before last year. J.J. Watt left the team. Sean Watson's still on the team, but he has 24 sexual assault allegations against him. So they can't play him. Like, he hasn't been officially suspended yet because he's under investigation. But they also can't play him because it's like um, – okay, Because he doesn't want to play for the team because he wants to be traded. Yeah, so with that. He's refusing to be traded, but teams don't want to trade for him unless they have pick protections because he might be gone for forever. <laughs> like, um, and so he's he's a third string. They're starting Tyrod Taylor, who is actually a very competent quarterback, made the Pro Bowl once or twice. Uh, he's more of a game manager than anything, but he's still pretty good. Um, I mean, and look, they don't have too many. I mean, they got Chris Conley coming back, who's actually a very underrated receiver. Brandon Cooks is still there, but a lot a lot of these guys are just older vets with something to prove, dude. Um, I was particularly on the offensive side of the ball. They went out and signed Danny Amendola, former Patriot. Um, they signed Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. A lot of these dudes on the team are just older guys with something to prove. And so for that reason alone, they are dangerous. Not to win the division, but to steal a couple games. Um, so I could see them going out there just playing balls out, like you said, just putting throwing everything against the wall. David Coley. Um, who is, I want to say the oldest head coach in the league. He's up there. He's 65. Um, and he's never been head coach before. He's honestly gotten a lot of shit. Cause like no team he's been a part of has been extraordinary. Like he's, he's been like a wide receivers coach. 
He was actually the wide receivers coach whenever the Chiefs did not have a single wide receiver touchdown in 2017. Um, he was the Baltimore Ravens assistant coach. He doesn't have a whole lot of hype around him, but I've liked the way he's handled himself so far. So I'm going to go and take the Texans. I could see the Texans being like a team to steal a couple games. Um, they have no expectations, though. Jags are, if you're talking like runner up in the AFC, it's the Jags. Um, NFC, though, it's the Lions, 100%. Not because like the Lions, dude, have you, let me ask you this. Have you heard anything about their head coach, Dan Campbell? I have not. Why? Is he in some shit? Dude, he is the funniest head coach. Like, he is legitimately fucking hilarious. Wait, is he the but, guy who's like hella talking shit on the mic? He's always talking shit. He's cutting like WWE esque promos, dude. <laughs> Just Google <laughs> Dan Campbell. I'm sure you like. I think I probably. I, you, know, you know what's funny? I probably heard it and I just don't remember it now that you mentioned that. Dude, he, he was like, he's, he's fucking hilarious. Like, he was a former. Um, I know he was a player. I, I think it was tight end. Don't quote me on that. But he's like, he's relatively young. I think he's like 40. Um, but dude, he's just a really funny guy. And you can tell that he gets the job. Like, you can tell he's a hell of a motivator. Um, I think like he said, like, you know, whenever he first got hired, like, you know, we got to be tough out there. We got we to gotta go and smash in some kneecaps. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, and then like, he cut like a former player, like who's with the Lions for a long time. He didn't cut him. Like, he was just like, um. He wanted to retire, but they had to cut him after like a certain point. And they're like, "Why'd you cut this guy?" He's like, "Oh, you know, I'm just a fucking asshole." You know, like just. No oh, wow. He like he's just um he's just a good talker, and you can tell the team's rallying around him. And they have no expectation because that team doesn't have a whole lot of talent. They got Jared Goff, but Jared Goff has something to prove because he got run out of L.A. Um, that team doesn't have a whole lot of talent. There's no real expectations for this year. But I'll be damned if that team's not going to be fun to watch, at the very least, just because of, you know, big Dan Campbell down there, bro. Um, I'm very excited for the Lions, dude, just because like, I don't think they're going to be good. But you can tell they got something to prove. They got a chip on their shoulder. They're they have feisty. no expectation to actually win, though. <laughs> I like that. And then uh, out of all, out of the, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence and then the Rooks, who, who are you interested in watching? Who do you think is in a, an interesting situation? Is it Zach Wilson, Devontae Smith? Is there any guy you, you you kind of want to keep an eye out for? Kind of a guy who interested you? Um, you know, so you said outside of the rooks or including the rooks? No, no, outside, I want to say outside of Trevor Lawrence in particular, because you know oh, we already. Outside, yeah, okay. Because we, you know, we, you know, we, we have an expectation. We've talked about this. I met, I mentioned to you multiple times how like, and and you to me how we've known a Trevor Lawrence for the longest fucking time, and I knew Trevor mm. Lawrence, and I wasn't even watching football. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So there's a couple of different guys I'm going to touch on. Now, some of these are going to be rookies. Some of these are not going to be rookies. Uh, Devontae Smith, he's a huge guy to watch. But even more than Devontae Smith, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Because, obviously, Devontae, I think we all kind of have the expectations. We've been seeing him wreck shit at Alabama for a while. We know how good he is. Um, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts because this is a guy that um, last year was pretty up and down. He's the guy that we saw at Alabama start for three years, get run out by Tua, start Oklahoma, nearly won the Heisman, so on and so forth. Um, in, in Philly last year, in four games, he had some ups, he had some downs. He had to win out the job. He had to beat Joe Flacco, I believe, which is, you know, <laughs> um, he had to beat out Joe Flacco and Gardner Minshew for the starting job, uh, which he did. Um, he's He's a guy to watch for sure, 100%. And then the two other guys I'm going to go ahead and say to watch, 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs. This is a guy that um, – So much love. So much love for this man. He um, obviously was drafted in the first round. He looked like he was going to live up to the hype, and I think he did for his rookie season. Um, however, he got hurt near the end, and he didn't play a whole lot during the playoffs because of that. He missed three games to end the season, and then he only played in – I think he played in the conference championship game, but he only played he only played like a handful of snaps. And the Super Bowl, he barely played as well. Um, and, yeah, man, like this is a guy that like he's, – he's a very interesting guy, right? Because he had a lot of hype coming out of college. The Chiefs literally drafted him because Patrick Mahomes saw him. He's like, yeah, I like that guy. I like his talent. Go ahead and get him. We need a running back. Go get him. And a lot of people felt like they over the Chiefs overdrafted, and he looked pretty good, but like that offensive line was terrible. He missed a lot of time to end the year. Will he be able to keep some of that momentum that he had at one point? Will he be able to retain that? That's the interesting part. That's the interesting thing. He's obviously he's the clear number one now. Um, he split time last year at times, and obviously we had Damon Williams. Looked like maybe Damon Williams was going to come back, but then we released him, and now he's with the Chicago Bears. So this is this is his team. That's his running back room. The last guy I'm going to touch on, and he he's a two-year guy. So not a rookie, but two-year guy. Last guy, A.J. Green. A.J. Green, for the longest time, was a top receiver in the league. If you didn't have A.J. Green in your top five, then, like, what the hell are you doing, man? Um, this is a guy that, of his first, like, I want to say seven seasons, they were all 1,000-yard seasons in, in Cincinnati with Andy Dalton. Since 2018, he's been very hurt. He's been very injury-prone. Um, you could argue he's been not playing with great talent. You can argue he has not been getting a 100%. He got a one-year, $6 million deal to go play with the Cardinals, which are a very hyped-up team. He's 33 years old. Will he be able to retain some of that magic that he had um, from 2010 to 2017? That's the fun part, dude. There's a guy that's not played very much. Will he be able to capture some of that magic and bring it back in a team where he's very hyped up? There's a lot of expectations. He's a guy to watch, man. Um, he obviously, he's playing. He's no longer the number one. He's no longer being forced passes. He's going to be the number two. DeAndre Hopkins is the number one. There's also a bunch of other guys. Um, so there's. it's going to be very, very interesting to do. Those are my three top guys to watch. Some of those may be outside picks, but Jalen Hurts, Kyle Edwards-Hilaire, and, and A.J. Green. So. Bro, just to touch up on one little thing, do you remember at the start when they were t- when they had drafted? Uh, it was actually quite after. I think they were doing a camp, and it was Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence. You're like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna be on the team together, you know, and you know, we're gonna be. <laughs> I don't even know, right? And then like fucking a few, like maybe like a month passes, and they trade my boy Gardner Minshew. Or I don't know if he got traded. I don't know exactly what happened. But oh, he, he got, got traded. Yeah, he got traded to Philly, which I mean, yeah, he can still play there, maybe. But I mean, I'm just like, damn, they've done my boy Gardner mentioned dirty. Like, I get it, mm-hmm. but still. Just the fact that I, I wanted to mention that report because I was just like, I remember it. And I was like, I, I remember what? I remember initially reading it and I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there was a vibe there. And it wasn't like, it was like, yeah, you know, kind of awkwardish. But, you know, they're like, yeah, dude, yeah, we'll be fine. But no, it's like, no, we're not going to be fine. Yeah, and you know what's funny is, like, they did that whole quote-unquote quarterback competition between him and Trevor Lawrence. And, like, I think it's probably just because, like, look, I'll say this much. Jacksonville, I think they're going to be pretty bad this year. I think Urban Meyer's, like, a great offensive mind. Um, but, dude, Travis Etienne, like, they're, you know, they're, they're second pick, like, in the first round. 
Um, he's going to be gone for the entire season, which is a huge hit. Um, and I feel like, but outside of that, like they've done everything right. In my opinion, they put some Trevor, they put some pressure on Trevor Lawrence to play good in the preseason. And there's no way they were going to give him the starting job. But they said it was a competition, quote unquote. Um, and he looked great. Uh, and he won the starting job. I thought, I, I, here's my conspiracy theory. You know how they had Tim Tebow on the team? Yeah. I honestly think they only brought in Tim Tebow because, I mean, sure, I'm sure he wanted to play. Like, I'm sure this is not like a thing on his end of Urban Meyer calling him up and even saying this. But, like, I think the only reason they brought in Tim Tebow was to bring some attention off Trevor Lawrence. Because that's a guy that, like, is the OG most hyped up player of all time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like. calculated. I feel like it was calculated 100% because after the preseason, they immediately cut Tebow. It's so fucked up. And they like, also had, yeah. And they also went ahead and did the thing where like Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback in the quarterback competition. So Petition took some attention off of him, put him on Gardner Minshew. I think they probably just played it really well to, to where now this kid, like they've kept him out of the media spotlight. And I think they did a really, really, really good job on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Gardner Minshew. It's like, I don't think he's very good. But he's a fun personality for sure. And do my man thirty. I could see him starting in Philly. If I brought up Jalen Hurts, if he starts going downhill, one hundred percent they will start. Just you wait. Just you wait. Gardner Minch is gonna lead this team to a championship. Just you <laughs> fucking wait, Josh. Just you fucking wait. Franchise quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Gonna <laughs> just, just you fucking wait, man. Everybody will see his true fucking talent. Gonna go balls out, dude. You know, you know what my favorite quote from Gardner Minshew is? Oh, let me hear it. He uh <laughs> And in preparation for the quarterback competition, they asked him what he was doing. He said, he said, man, I haven't even been taking shits. I ain't number two. I don't take twos. I'm like, going number one. Like, it's just, I like that. I like that like, fucking energy. Too bad it didn't work out. but It like didn't work it. out. But <laughs> Maybe he should have gone number two one time just to test it out. <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see, man. Um, but, yeah, dude, is that all the NFL talk you got? Oh, yeah, I think you went through everything beautifully, man. You always got it, and obviously, once the season gets going, we'll be able to get into some interesting, you know, more specific topics and kind of, like, whatever crazy shit happens because, obviously, the COVID season was a crazy one, and, I mean, you know, obviously, as from us, you know, being here in Kansas, obviously, we uh, we always have a certain expectation now with the team, right? So, uh, <laughs> you'll definitely hear us talking about it on a pretty regular basis, and, you know, let's go, champ. You know, let's go champ. We're coming champ. back. We're coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be fun, dude. I mean, I, look, MMA is my sport. MMA is it's my jam. Um, but, and obviously that's that's what I cover as, like, part of my job. But, like, man, football is my first love. Like, I've always loved football, bro. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about it on the show, even if it's for, like, a smaller portion, even if it's just for, like, you know, every once in a while. I still love to talk about it. She's so, yeah, I think we spent high school you can't forget about. Say that again. She's that chick from high school you just can't forget about. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, like that was that was a good segment. I thought maybe maybe you guys didn't like it. If you didn't like it, then you know, fuck you. Skip forward. No, I'll keep it real with you. Yeah, I'll keep it real with them, dude. Just fuck them. Gotta keep, gotta keep it real. Um, so well, now, nah, but Angel, that's not the only that's not the only ball talk we have on this show. Ball. Okay, so now we're gonna be talking about a different kind of ball. Yeah, it's a basketball. Or basketballs. Yeah, yeah, basketballs. Yeah. Um, this segment will be shorter than the football one. We 
it's been about half an hour on football, longer actually. Uh, that segment went pretty long, but I'm cool with it. Uh, NBA, we'll be talking about it a little bit, not as much because obviously we'll have to do a season preview in like a month or two. But we're going to run down some of these big moves. We've been waiting a while to actually talk about this, but Angel, my guy, it was hectic. It was pretty fucking hectic. Uh, there were a lot of moves that were done. A couple of teams that like have come out of the woodwork to actually make a lot of big moves. And we'll just run a couple of these down, dude. We'll start off at the top. Now, I went through CBS list. They had a great list of free agents, the top 150, and they showed their destination. I picked out some of these bigger teams, some of these bigger moves that were done, and we're going to go ahead and talk about and talk about the teams involved. There's no bigger place than L.A., dude. That's the big one. I feel like they're the talk of the NBA. Obviously, last year, they lost to the Suns in the first round. First time LeBron ever went out in the first round. Obviously, they were hurt, which ultimately played into that, but Suns were hurt too, so I feel like that's kind of a bad excuse to use. Um but ultimately, dude, they did not they did not rebuild. They reload. Um, obviously, <laughs> one year after winning the title, they were gone in the first round. This time, they went out and they brought some people back from that championship winning team. They got a couple other pieces as well. We can just run them down. Obviously, Russell Westbrook, former MVP, um, last year was on the Wizards and played phenomenally. Um, he's the big one. He's a part of the big three now. But they did go out and get a couple of other pieces, including some guys that were on the championship winning squad to begin with. Dwight Howard, Ray John Rondo, both returning. Uh, they also went out and got Kent Bazemore, who's still, I mean, a little past his best, but still a pretty good guy. They went out and got DeAndre Jordan, formerly of the Nets. And they also went out and got LeBron's buddy. Years after being drafted, they're, they're finally going to play together for the first time. Carmelo Anthony is now a Laker as well. What do you make of some of these moves? Do you think that after all of this time and for all these like all these acquisitions, everybody's talking about the Lakers. Do you think they're the team to beat now? I mean, I feel like the Lakers are always a kind of even when they're not good, they're always kind of a team to beat. Obviously now with the names they got. And look, it's like I feel like it's like your typical LeBron team and just with bigger names and obviously they're a lot older. But uh you could, you know, he likes his veterans. He likes the guys to know their shit. You know what I mean? All these guys know their role on the team. And I think this is exactly what LeBron wants. Because, you know, let's be real. We know that LeBron has a major, and I mean major, impact on team building. Mm-hmm. As much as he can, at least. As much as they're willing to allow him. I'm sure the Lakers have given him plenty. I mean, he, oh, man, if he owns Toronto, he can own L.A. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm, I'm sure that, that, like I said, this is probably like for him, this is like fucking dream right now. Dude. He's foaming at the mouth of happiness that they were able to build the squad. Mm. I'm sure, dude. And look, like there's a lot of guys like people are talk, talking about like how how old they are. And they are for sure the oldest team in the league. Like There's no argument about that. Um, but a lot of these guys are older. Yes. But they still have some juice left and in the right positions it'll make a huge difference. Like, Carmelo still has some juice if he's in the right position. Will he be getting starter minutes? Probably not. Fine. Um, and he, yeah. yeah, but, like, still, Carmelo coming off the bench, dude, could still make plays. Dwight Howard coming off the bench could still make plays. Ray John Ronda still has some like, – he still has the mental acuity. He's still a fucking master on the floor. Um, so, yeah, all these dudes, they're not going to be getting starter minutes. Yeah, they're older, but, like, dude, that big three of Westbrook, LeBron, and AD – First of all, I think it's going to be a weird mix. I think it's going to take some time oh, to yeah. figure it out, 100%. But once they do, I'll be goddamn if, they, if that talent level on that team, and also the veteranness. Like, here's the thing. Like, these guys are older, but, dude, they've been there before. This is not some young team that's going in there. They, they've been there before. They know what it's like. 
I will not be surprised in the slightest if they come out of the West. Um, they're the team to beat for that reason alone. I don't. I think come November, December, they're going to struggle just because it's going to take some time for them to get rolling. But once they get on fire, dude, like, I don't think they're going to stop. But that's not the only team. There's a couple of other teams we're going to run down. Um, like I said, these, these are some of the – obviously, there's other free agency moves, which I'm sure, like, if we don't touch on the team, we'll go over them in a couple of weeks or so, a month or two. Um, but moving on down, dude, the Heat – they were a team that also struggled. They also made the NBA Finals two years ago during the peak COVID times. Um, and look, dude, now they they struggled a lot last year. They they were swept, I believe, by the Bucs um, after nearly sweeping the Bucs the year before. So how about that? Um, and they went out and, dude, they got a couple of guys. The, the key acquisition, Kyle Lowry from the Raptors, obviously, he was he's Toronto royalty. And he's been very, he's been one of the best point guards in the East for quite a while now, uh, but he did officially leave. He's going to Miami. They also picked up Duncan Robinson in the offseason. They also re-signed Victor Oladipo, who did not play much last year due to injury, completely forgot he was on the Heat at times. Now he re-signed. What do you think about some of those acquisitions, particularly Lowry going to Miami? I mean, they're another team that's kind of like stacked. Uh, did, they, did they sign did they re-sign Goran Dragic? I don't know. Uh, I believe so. So, yeah, they still got Dragic. They got Jimmy Butler. They got fucking Bam Adebayo. They got Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, you know, Kyle. I mean, it's another stack fucking team. And Oladipo. And some other young guys in there. I mean, they are fucking, you know, they're 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 set for greatness. I mean, they, they're another team that, and like I said, last year during COVID time, I mean, they did not. I don't know if they were injured. It was COVID protocol. They really didn't have their full team for a lot of the years, so. We're curious to see what they do. Obviously, another solid team, some good pickups. I mean, just depending if they they're able to get that kind of fire they had during uh, 2020. For sure, man. And ultimately, if they can, they were on fire during that whole that whole playoff like run that they had. Um, they looked phenomenal, and I think that they're. I don't know if they played above their expectations. Um, because I thought last year's squad was more talented than their NBA Finals team. Now, obviously, they had a lot of injuries. So that's probably it. But still, um, they were pretty disappointed. But I think the fact that went out and got Kyle Lowry is going to be huge for them. I think the fact that Old Depot is going to be healthy is also going to be huge. Um, so, yeah, I like a lot of moves that they made. Moving on, dude, the Knicks. New York Knicks last year made the playoffs the first time in seemingly forever. And probably got bounced in the first round. Uh, that was a fun series, ultimately against the Hawks, but they still got bounced. They went out and they made a couple of big moves, dude, particularly in the point guard, shooting guard category. Uh, the guard category, I should guess I should say. Evan Fournier got picked up. Kemba Walker got picked up. D. Rose re-signed. And Norman's Noel also re-signed. What are your thoughts on the Knicks and a couple of moves that they made? I mean, those are all solid pickups. Uh, I mean, like I said, dude, fucking Julius Randle just disappeared in the playoffs. I mean, he looked fucking good. But when it was his time to shine, he just just didn't. There was nothing there. I mean, he he really lacked. And it, even with these pickups, you know, who knows what the difference it will make? I mean, they're t- obviously they they put a good series up against the Hawks and seeing how far the Hawks went. Obviously, if they win that, do they have the same results? Who fucking knows? Probably not. But uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe now with these pickups, they imagine themselves in that kind of situation again, and they think that they could be in the position that the Hawks could have been and obviously find themselves in a championship scenario. Uh, whether or not that ends up happening, like I said, I think that's dependent of uh, 
one individual, you know, rising up to the occasion, and then him along with the other pieces kind of blending well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and overall, I like the moves that they made. Like I said, Julius Randle pretty much disappeared in the playoffs. Had they not done that, I think they would have gone a lot further. I do like the pickup of Kemba. Uh, I like the fact that it's re-signed D-Rose. I like him at Fournier. I've always thought he's pretty underrated, so I like that move. Um, so, obviously, that's that's it's going to be an interesting squad to watch moving forward, especially considering if Julius Randle continues to improve, they'll be dangerous. Oh, yeah. But and they got some other young guys in there who are really good. You know, Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, fucking R.J. Barrett. I mean, they got a lot of – I mean, they're, they're chilling. I mean, they got they got their vets, and then they got their youth. So, they're in a yeah. good spot. They'll be good. They'll be good. Um, moving on to the next team, though, this team, I mean, look, 76ers, they re-signed Andre Drummond and Danny Green. I think the bigger news, though, is obviously coming out of the fact that Ben Simmons, he's gone, dude. Like, he said he's 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 not coming back. What do you think about the 76ers' outlook for 2021 now that we have that news? Obviously, we have they, they re-signed a lot of the roster outside of that. What's your outlook on them for next year? They're fucked. They're <laughs> fucked because... Their team construction is fucking atrocious. They have a good coach. They were never able to fix Ben Simmons. And then you have Joel Embiid, who's really good, but if he gets hurt, it's like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, the, the, heart of their, the heart and soul of their team, the process, the original process, if he's out, I mean, your team just shits itself. Like, it, they can't rely on whoever else they have to be successful and get wins because your guy who's a big man is prone to getting injured. And it's not, his, it's not like it's fully his fault. Obviously it's just some players just get injured more easily and it's just a part of their career and it sucks. But it's like, you knew this from day one, you drafted him and I don't blame you, right? He's super fucking talented. He's capable of a lot, but once again, you know, they made him cry again in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that to be an asshole. It's just the reality of the way this team is built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely it's going to be tough. Obviously, I think the the whole Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid thing, we knew it was not going to work. I mean, especially after last year, like we knew that they had re, they had peaked out. They have like they're not going to win a title with them. Those two working on the same team, it's just not going to work. However, because Ben Simmons is doing this so late, there's not any other pieces for them to get in free agency. And I'm not sure what sort of haul they can get for him. So not they're long. fucked. Like you said, it like they like had had he done this at the end of last year after they had lost, it'd be a completely different story because they'd be able to go out and get some of the free agents. They'd be out able to go out and maybe make a better trade because other teams would be looking. Now most teams are content; they have who they have, um, and Ben Simmons isn't going to be reporting. So now they're just not going to have Ben Simmons, and they're also not going to have any other pieces. So yeah, they're fucked. Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens. Wait, he's pulling a Jr. He's just not going to show up. He's not going to show up from what I've heard. Respect. <laughs> uh fair enough respect um but moving on down the celtics dude celtics are a very interesting team um the talent level is there they were hurt last year they they didn't do a whole lot in the playoffs but now they went out and they got a couple pieces a couple guys that are good but maybe overlooked dennis schroeder obviously he was um well he was really really hyped up going into la he really disappointed in the playoffs though and they also know God in Ness Cantor. What are your thoughts particularly about the Celtics moving into next year? I know that they're a team that uh, a lot of people thought they might make some free agency moves. In the end, these are the only two guys that they really acquired. I mean, they have a lot of youth. And they're a fun team. I mean, obviously, their main guy is Jason Tatum along with Jalen Brown, but mainly Jason Tatum. So bringing in Dennis Schroeder, obviously Kemba out, solid at center. Obviously, I mean, they brought Cantor back because Cantor was there at one point and 
I don't know what the fuck happened there, but I guess they're like, you know, something like the guy will bring him back. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, and obviously, you know, the one big thing with Cantor, obviously, whenever the playoffs happen, it's usually around Ramadan, and he has to adjust to that. And he's done it multiple times now, so, you know, he has his whole deal, but, you know, still, it, if it affects him, it's, it's hard. You know, you burn a lot of calories in basketball, believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So he's in, there's a couple of interesting pickups. I don't know. I think they're a fun team, though. I think they're a team that's, if you like, if they're not like crazy stacked, I mean, that's that's some stacked names, though. I'm not gonna lie to you on paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a solid team. Don't get me wrong. It's pretty nutty. But, you know, we've seen some crazier squads in recent time. I think they're a fun. They're a fun team. They're a fun little group there. And I think uh, I mean, if you want to check out a group of young guys who maybe aren't going to win now, but maybe in the future and give you and are really competitive. I think those those are a group of guys you can watch right there. I feel like they could get some good wins and some good upsets, but. How far in the playoffs? Uh, that's a different story, just based on matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it is going to be tough for them. I think that they are a very young team, and they have a lot of potential. I think last year was a bit of an anomaly, them getting bounced so quick. Um, I think they have a lot of a high, like they have a very high talent level, and I didn't think Dennis Schroeder do. Like he's a guy that a lot of people are shitting on him, particularly for his performance in the playoffs. I personally watch him in OKC. I think last year was a bit of an anomaly in terms of like the fact that he looked so bad. I don't think that's going to be the same moving forward. Uh, but obviously, we'll see. Are there any particular free agency moves that I did not highlight or any other teams in general that you want to go and highlight and just talk about their offseason? Uh, off the top of my head, not specifically. I mean, I think we did pretty good with what we had. Mm-hmm. Unless there's another one that you have that you want to bring up real quick. Uh, I can't think of any. I think I think we did a pretty good job. Just because it's so tough to talk about this whenever, like, we're not doing, like, a season, like, um, not predictions or whatever until next month. So... Yeah, I think we went ahead and did a relatively good job of recapping. We're never going to hit that one hour, like, was it, like a two-hour podcast we had that one time, like two years ago, uh, about the NBA. I don't think we're going to hit that, but obviously, I think we did a pretty good job recapping. Um, we could try. We try, we try. But, Angel, my guy, look, man, it's it's time. we got to talk about it. Um, this weekend was supposed to be a boxing card in California – Oscar De La Hoya's return, the Golden Boy after 13 years gone against Vitor Belfort. They actually got me hyped for that matchup just because, like, yeah, that was um, fun too. I, I, it was it was weird because like Oscar's clearly the better boxer, but he's older. He's actually not that old. Like he's old. He's, he's less like old than me. I believe seven, right? Like 47, right? Forty-seven, but he retired at 34. So you know he he's relatively he's not as old as like a Tyson. Like, he's younger than what a lot of people think. Um, he's clearly the much better boxer. But what shape he's going to come in? He's a smaller guy. So there were so many different factors against a guy like Vitor that made it interesting. Well, he pulled out. Oscar has COVID. He's in the hospital, or at least he was in the hospital. And in steps, and they're moving the card to Florida for this reason, because California might not sanction this man. Evander Holyfield, the real deal Holyfield, 57-year-old Evander Holyfield, um, Stepping in on one week notice. Now, I should say he has been training. He's supposed to have a exhibition match against Kevin McBride that was canceled whenever Tiafimo got COVID. But he has he has been training. Uh, but he is still stepping in on about eight days notice. Um, he's stepping in for this eight round, two minute round fight. It will go on the professional records. This is not an exhibition. This is not an exhibition. Uh, it's just an exhibition. <laughs> throwing the goddamn towel. No, but. Um, yeah, this, this is an actual fight. 
um, which is very, very compelling to me and very, very interesting. Should it be happening? No. In fact, I think it's pretty gross. But what are your thoughts on the new matchup? Um, and we can get up. in the preview in a minute, but what are your thoughts on the new matchup and the fact they're moving the card to Florida? It's a little fucked, man. It really is. Like, I don't know why they're doing this. <laughs> I think it, and by the way, you know he's suing Triller? He was. He was suing Triller. Um, or he was going to... I don't believe that lawsuit actually officially got filed, though. Hey and man, it is, it's the fact that it's even a—it's the fact that it's even a conversation. It, it's and he's gonna fight for them is. It is embarrassing. Although I will say this though, that was the reason I—I I, I think that was kind of a tough situation because they were going to do that. The reason why I was doing it is because he could not fight with Kevin McBride. He's supposed to fight him whenever Tiafimo on that card, but Tiafimo got COVID, and that fight has been postponed multiple times. So that's why he tried to sue him. From my understanding, that has been resolved though. Because he's now going to be fighting Vitor. Mm. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see. But I don't have much interest in this. Um, I'm somebody who's look. I'll say. I just don't want to watch it though. No, I'm going to watch the shit out of it. But because there's nothing else to watch. <laughs> yeah, there's no fighting this weekend. I'll I'll throw it on on. You know, I'll go to my local Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm not going to pay for it for the full pay per view price, but I'll go to my local Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I don't know. I might support them. <laughs> Well, I'll I'll ask about what stream you're gonna watch in a minute, but uh, yeah, dude, like I don't have I don't have much interest in this. Like, whenever they had Oscar, they they brought me in. I actually saw some interviews with Oscar. He seemed motivated, and I actually did you watch him on the the Mike Tyson podcast? Uh, no, but he I saw a clip and he looked pretty calm. Like he, he looked. Was... I'll say this much about Oscar De La Hoya. He's not a perfect guy. He's not a. I mean, you can argue about like the ethics of the fight. If should be coming back. I think Oscar De La Hoya is a very misunderstood guy to a degree. Um, and I think – I feel kind of bad for him, dude. Like he's this guy that like he, – he's one of the greatest boxers of all time. Do you feel comfortable saying that? Like at the very least in that weight class. Like oh, he's – I mean, yeah, he's, he's up there for sure. And I think the fact that like his – his he had the pictures come out of him like in women's clothing. And um, he's had drug issues and a lot of people hate him now because he, he's a promoter. I feel like people really shit on him. Like, for, uh, like, a lot of unjust reasons because of that. Because, like, I'm not going to get into, like, stuff that talked about, like, on the podcast. But Oscar's had, like, a rough fucking life, dude. Like, I feel bad for the guy to a degree. And that's one of the things, like... Was, did you listen to it? Is it good? Is it worth the listen? It's very, it's very much worth the listen. Him and Tyson, because they both come from a similar background. Oscar didn't really... Mike, like, his mother was a prostitute. Oscar didn't really have much of a relationship with his mom. They were actually both... Um, Mike, they both revealed this on the podcast... Oscar was raped at the age of 13, and Mike was at the age of nine, I believe. And they both come from that really fucked up background where they both had to fight for their lives, really. And I feel like Oscar gets a lot of shit, partially because of, honestly, Dana White, Um, because those two have a whole beef. And it's entertaining, but, like, I feel bad for Oscar, dude. Like, this, yeah, no wonder the guy has some mental issues. Like, if if boxing makes him happy, then let him go off. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know what? They brought me in. They pulled me in. This Evander thing, like, if it was an exhibition, that's one thing. This man should not be in a legitimate fight with TRT Vitor. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is uh, – the ethics of this is terrible. I'm and sure like, they can – I'm sure it might change the night of, though. I'm sure they might be able to stop it. I think there's still time. I'm sure, like, Florida – I'm sure the Florida uh, Boxing Commission might be like, you know something? Maybe we shouldn't do this. Hmm. I'm sure that I'm sure I'm sure there's some sort of talk of it might not even have like I'm sure like now it might seem but just because it doesn't mean rumblings aren't occurring amongst yeah. you know behind closed doors of like 
uh, we don't know about from, this. From what I've heard of this, and this is just what I personally heard about the situation, it is full steam ahead. They are going to do it as a sanctioned professional bout. However, Florida still is still currently having talks internally as far as about it. Because they've, they've all the other fights, actually, including Hay 48, Hay 48 uh, by the California State Athletic Commission, got bumped down to an exhibition. Really? Um, that Just is dirty fucks. Yeah, but by the way, California is the most I, – I mean, I've written on this before. California is like a sham, quote-unquote, good athletic commission. Like they, they want to act like they do all the right things um, because I, I'm not sure if it's good press or whatever. But they're honestly like I, – I don't I don't buy it. Like they didn't want to sanction Holyfield because like, oh, the safety helps. Like you let Chuck Liddell fight, dude. Like are you serious? Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. That's they let bad. Chuck Liddell fight. There's been other cases where like – terrible shit they let gone on they they let they john jones fight there remember when after test positive yeah they were gonna let me fight josh <laughs> the debut's coming angel but um yeah california's not a good athletic commission but they did bump that down to an exhibition that one's full steam ahead in florida from my understanding florida they're still having internal discussion about the holyfield stuff but everything else is like Dude, it's who all could full. they pull in who could they pull in if they if they they cancel holyfield do you think they would just scrap the, the vitor uh fight? i think they just got vitor and i think they do anderson tito as the main event fuck they got me sold on that though i'll tell you i'm that. sold on that 100 which we'll talk about that fight in a minute but what if they what if they found a replacement like if you had to come up with a crazy one who do you think they get like fucking jake imagine nah on short notice i think they probably do who could they get on short notice like realistically i have no idea yeah, that shedding the cannon Briggs. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't. I'm Maybe. I'm surprised they haven't gotten shedded on it, dude. I feel like if they, if, dude, he's you know a, if they, he feels like he's a layup for this thing, right? Yeah, like if if he had to do the call, he'd be down for it. I feel like I'm surprised they haven't gotten shedded on these cards. You know what I mean? I feel like Shannon would be down to fight anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'd be down to fucking fight Fedor. I don't know, some crazy shit. I don't know. Just because he, he just wants attention. I pretty, like I kid you not. I think that man just craves attention. Like I'm not trying to be a dick or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ultimately for me, I mean, this is a, this is a shit show of a card. I just actually broke the news yesterday uh, that former President Donald Trump will be doing an alternate commentary on the show, which is the weirdest. That's so. That is probably the weirdest alternate commentary. It's ever. we're in the we're in the weirdest timeline, dude. Like just twenty. Who had on their 2021 bingo card? Former President Donald Trump. Like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What's weirder? Keemstar and Fuzzy Dude doing alternate commentary? Or are you Donald Trump doing alternate commentary? Oh, Trump, hands down. Because at least, like, there was a reason for Kim to be there. Because he's done, like, YouTube boxing stuff. I guess you're right. But, they're, well, I guess they, I guess they did do TikTok versus hip-hop or rap artists. Yeah. Say. But, like, dude, th- just think about this, dude. Like, imagine going back, like, not even 10 years. Fuck that. More like, like let's go six or seven years. Just the headline. Former President Donald Trump doing commentary on Evander Holyfield versus Vitor Belfort fight. Like what the fuck? Like what? Like what? Like it? What a what a timeline we're living in, my dude. Like it's so we, surreal. We really did fuck up the Matrix somehow. I'm telling you, whenever he won in 2016, everything got broken. All of our minds are broken. Um, yeah, he's. If you guys want to watch that, he's going to be doing commentary. Him and his son for some reason. Um, Wait, the tall one? Uh no 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 the the coke one, the one that always looks coked up. Okay, that was a tall fuck. Yeah no not not him not it's the other one. Um, but yeah so, I guess now we should just get into the uh, the prediction part of it, Angel. So 
there's three fights on this card. I think they're all both they're all very interesting. Like if it weren't for these, if it weren't for the last two, I probably wouldn't watch this because the main event is so gross that I don't want to watch it. But like, it's such a weird, it's such a weird event. There's so many different angles, so many concoctions that go into this thing. It's so fucking strange, but I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to feel proud of it, but I guess we'll start off with the main event. 57 year old Vander Holyfield. It'll be heavyweight. This Vitor is originally scheduled to fight at a 180 catch weight. Now it's at heavyweight because of the short notice. Um, 57-year-old Evander Holyfield has not fought since his winner of Brian Nielsen in 2011. Um, Vitor 1-0 is a professional boxer, but obviously is a former UFC light heavyweight champion, former cage rage champion, so on, and former UFC heavyweight tournament champion. Fun fact, whenever Vitor was winning the heavyweight tournament at UFC 12, guess who the heavyweight champion was at the time? Man, it was Holyfield. Evander, the real deal, Holyfield. So Man. that's your uh, crazy how crazy how you know twenty or so years later they're gonna. They're, I guess it'd be twenty three years later. The crowds are paths are gonna cross. Insane. Uh, but yeah, who do you got in this main event, dude? Like it is gonna be a real boxing match. It's gonna go on professional records. Do you think Vitor is gonna get one for the MMA guys? You know something, Evander Holyfield had an amazing training camp. I think that Vitor gets it done in four. Done in four. You think he's gonna knock out Evander? In four, yes. Did you did you like my build up there? I did. I, you had you you suckered me in. Um, I did, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I'm also gonna go Vitor. I think for me, it, it depends on like how Vitor is gonna go about this. Um, if Vitor goes in there, trying to put on a show. What do you mean? Vitor is coming to kill. Have you not seen Vitor? Well, okay. It's like. If Vitor's coming to kill, he's gonna knock him out, obviously. But my point is, like, he's going there for like a show, and he's just gonna try and like play to the crowd, cl- play to the crowd, and not beat up like a man on AARP. Then like he's, <laughs> it'll it'll just be a decision. But like, I don't know, I don't know dude. Man. If he's going I, there for the kill, he's gonna knock him out. It's gonna be gross. He could accidentally hurt him, dude. <laughs> he could, and that's the worst part about this. Like. Whenever it was Mike and Roy, at least both those guys are like in the early 50s. But Evander's like. He's had to retire multiple times. Like, he's taken a lot of fucking damage, dude. Like, he had to retire due to heart difficulties. Like, he's, he his speech is, like, kind of slurred. Like, it's gross, bro. It's 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 gross, man. Like, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to feel good about it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm going to take Vitor, too. Like, I think he's going to get another one of the MMA column. Like, well, like <laughs> MMA, these MMA boxing fights are so strange to me. Um I think Vitor gets it done, though. Uh, I don't think it's going to be clean. I don't think it's going to be pretty. But, like, there's a point of diminishing returns. Like, whenever it's, like, these older boxing guys against MMA guys, I'd still normally pick the older boxing guy if he was, like, 48. Whenever you're 57 years old, bro. Like, that's that's a, that's a tough ass, man. Especially on short notice. Like, he's especially originally supposed to fight Kevin McBride, who's, like, a slow, prodding, bigger guy. Vitor's, like... Around Evander's size, but dude, he's lightning quick and he's on all the sozzle. He's peeled out of his fucking tree right now, my man. So I'm gonna take Vitor, uh, probably via finish inside of four rounds, like he said. Co-main event though, this one <laughs> is the real main event. Can we agree on this? Banger. It's, it's an absolute banger. Anderson Silva, who's kind of having this second career renaissance, so to speak, after fucking his UFC awesome. run is over. He went into boxing. 
and dominated Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. He was a former world champ, dude. Like, it's, that was a tough ask. In Mexico, nonetheless. He beat him in Mexico. Um, and, you know, he that was a complete domination. And now he's back, dude. And he's fighting Tito, the Huntington Beach bad boy, Ortiz, dude. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Like, what a, what a strange fight. I don't yeah, – I guess Tito needs money. Uh and uh, it's a fucking name for Anderson, so you know it works out for both of them, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's, it's weird, but I'm interested. Like I'm kind of interested, dude. Like most, I am, I'm, I'm invested. Seen, yeah, I've watched some of the doc trailer full credits in, dude. Like they are clearly not a well-run organization, but their documentaries, like and like the build, the way they build fights, they they got it down, dude. Like. <laughs> They, I talked about this in the build to the Mike fight and also the Jake Paul event. Like, they, they do shit right. Like, they get you intrigued for good reasons or bad reasons. They got you intrigued. And they had me intrigued in this one. Uh, do you think Anderson gets it done? It's, how do you think so? And so on and so forth. Yeah, I think he takes a decision. I don't think he'll put out a Tito. Yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to go same thing here. Uh, I think Tito. He's aged better than a lot of his peers in the MMA space. If this MMA, it'd be different, but I'm going to go take Anderson, dude. I think he's going to move to 3-1. and one. And I think, you know, the world is his oyster, dude. Like, it's crazy to me how, like, a 46-year-old Anderson Silva, he has the world in the palm of his hand, dude, the boxing world. Like, this fight does well. Depending on how he looks, he knows what's next. Anything could be next. Um, last fight, though. And by the way, I, I, I feel like I should point out here. There's actually a very, very good, like, opening fight on this card between two, like, I don't want to call them young prospects, but, like, um, two very, very good guys in Andy Vicezis and John O'Carroll, um, which I believe is, like, a t- WBA title eliminator fight or something. Like, and that nobody's even talking about that one, and we won't even talk about it either. But no. <laughs> the next fight up, David the Haymaker, hey, making his return against Joe Fournier, dude. What are your thoughts about this matchup? Proud. <laughs> we already talked about this. I'm interested in it. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool story. Like, imagine this is very out there, but imagine Josh that you have a buddy who's in MMA. He's old. You know, he's on the older end. You both are on the older end, and he's like, he's been retired from MMA. He's a solid guy. He's a champ. Pretty good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, let's say you know, obviously you sadly don't, but let's say you know you you dabbled a little bit, right? You've done your little thing, and he's like, you're like. I think I could take you. <laughs> and you're like, and, and then the and, and then your homie's like, oh, I'm a champ, bro. And you're like, I don't know. Give me a chance. Like, that's that's kind of cool. Like, I gotta give it. It is a cool little story. I, I fuck with it. I fuck with the story too, dude. Like, just the whole. I mean, David Hayes talked about the story. I think I talked about it when this fight originally got announced. But basically, they were just sitting around a dinner, um, and you know. David, like they were talking to somebody asked, well, how would a fight go with you too? Because Joe Fournier is obviously he's he's done a little bit of the boxing and David he's a formal champ. David's like, oh, you know, it'd be a fun fight, you know, it'd be a good fight. And Joe's just like, I knock him the fuck out, like just like just something like really out of the blue. David's like, whoa, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? Yes, I gotta teach him. Like, it's just, you gotta teach him. Yeah, you gotta, gotta, you gotta show you him. You reach, I teach. And that now they got me a treat, dude. I'm like, I'm into it. Like for that reason alone, and I love me some David Hay. Uh, so you gave a, I'm pretty sure you've talked about it a little before, but, uh, David Hayes probably going to win this, right? Like he has to. Yes. Dude, we saw him. The fuck? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm telling you, dude, all these people are looking juicy lately. I need to get on this shit they're on. Right? 
motherfucker that feeding that man. But yeah, dude, shout out David Hay. Like I, I hope he goes out there and gets the win because his career ending the way it did was so fucking sad, dude. Josh, there's no fucking way this man loses to Joe Fournier. There's just no fucking reality. He shouldn't. No, don't say that. I'm, I mean, he shouldn't. Like he should. Like he no, should not. He's lose. going but, to win. But like. I don't know. Like, weirder things have happened. You know what I mean? Like what? And, uh, Donald Trump commentating on Evander Holyfield. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, Anderson yeah. Silva beating Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Like, I... I mean, that's... I don't think that's, like, so Okay, crazy. I know, I know. I'm just... Uh, we went over last week, but you know what I'm saying here. Like, that's, like, that's, like, one of, the, it's one of the greatest strikers ever to be in MMA versus a guy who lacks maturity in boxing. I will say this, But has some David. good talent. David Hay is like he's old, like he's older than him and he has a lot of injuries. That's the only thing that makes it interesting. But if he's even like a quarter of what he once was, yeah, you should smash him. But I'm not sure how healthy he is going in. Smash, Habib, smash, smash. He glassed him. <laughs> I saw that. The, you saw that? Yeah. So fucking funny, dude. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Okay. So that's. That's all of the main fights on this card. Fifty dollars on Saturday night if you want to see this strange fucking event. Fuck um, yeah! Take my money. Take my credit card. Take everything. <laughs> take everything. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about on this card before we close out? Nah, nothing, man. We we fucking threw that shit down. I'm so ready for next week, man, for the biggest fucking UFC event of the whole fucking year. Ryan Spann. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you forgot for a minute. I thought you were talking about, like, I was about to be like, dude, pay for these not until two weeks. But, yeah, like. <laughs> You're like, dude, chill out, man. You're selling like, them on it. It's like, I know you like Anthony Smith at all, but God Yeah, dang. dude, Anthony Lionheart fucking Smith, dude, out here beating fucking home invaders. Like, the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like, Ryan Spann is about to get these fucking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. But, yeah, very fun, very fun uh, event this weekend. Triller, dude, they got me intrigued, dude. Like, I, it's not good. It's gross matchmaking. But, like, I, I kind of like these gas station fucking – I call them gas station fights. You know what I mean? Like, But, but dude, what's what's worse, fucking BKFC or this? Oh, it's a, it's a toss-up. It's about even, right? To it, no, it's the to- – I'd probably give – I'd probably give this – in terms of grossness, I'd say Triller for this card. If oh. if it wasn't a Vander, if it was just another washed up guy, I'd I'd say BKFC, but just because it's a Vander Holyfield, he's like literally like You're lucky Holyfield isn't mom. fighting in like BKFC against Diego the Nightmare Sanchez. Man, that was that's something. I that one's not gonna happen. Uh, apparently they're looking at uh I don't I don't remember the guy's name who's gonna fight Diego, but it's not gonna be that. Alright, heartbreaking. Yeah. But anyways, um, we've gone for quite a while. This may actually be like our second or third longest show of all time. So, uh, props, props to that. Um, <laughs> but I hope you guys actually did enjoy this one. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore O one at courtside sound one on Twitter for all things relating to the show. Feel free to give us a rate on Apple. Feel free to go ahead and subscribe on Spotify and on YouTube. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace and bye, Grease. Mouse click. <laughs>